Hi guys, and welcome back to this week's episode of Let's Chat Ethics. I'm your co-host, Oriana. And I'm your other co-host, Amanda. So today, Amanda and I are excited to have another amazing guest joining us. So it seems to be that this month is jam-packed with incredible people sharing their unique area of expertise. So obviously it was incredible to have Alba and Ryan on to share their amazing insights into China and Chinese philosophy. And I've, you know, had a lot of people saying that it was great to actually hear a different perspective and hear about things from the Chinese philosophical side rather than always hearing the Western perspective. So, you know, that they were really, really great episodes for us and I we really enjoyed recording them and we loved having Alba and Ryan on. But um, today we actually have Mike Butcher, MBE, who is the editor-at-large of TechCrunch and co-founder of PathFounder, the editorial events and report series on impact innovation. Mike has been named one of the most influential journalists in European technology by Wired and the Daily Telegraph. He co-founded the Europa Awards for European Startups, the non-profits Tech Vets and Tech Refugees, the co-working network Tech Hub. He is a regular tech commentator on the BBC, Sky News, CNN, CNBC and Al Jazeera and has been a judge on The Apprentice UK. GQ magazine named him one of the 100 most connected men in the UK and he's a Maserati 100 innovator. He has advised the UK government on tech startup policy and awarded an MBE in the Queen's Birthday Honours. So this episode was, you know, really great to record because Mike was coming from the VC and startup uh, expertise that he, you know, writes about on a daily basis and works within. And it was great to kind of hear his expertise around growth and what ethics could actually mean in that space and hearing it from, you know, the business side and, you know, hearing about whether ethics could actually be something that was ingrained in venture capitalists and in start in tech startups or whether, you know, it's just solely about money and growth, which, you know, Amanda and I have kind of touched on before, but it's great to obviously have Mike here to share his knowledge in this area and it's kind of unique since we haven't had anyone with this area of expertise join us yet so we're really excited to share with you today's episode and we hope you enjoy okay well hi mike thank you for joining us today it's great to have you on um yeah we, we're excited to have you here and to talk to you a bit more about your work and your experience in at TechCrunch. um I'm not sure if you wanted to give yourself like a small introduction. We're going to give you a bigger one um, afterwards. But yeah, if you want to tell us a bit about yourself, that'd be great. Well, thank you very much for asking me on. Uh, it's a great honour. Um, I'm a, a journalist with TechCrunch and we cover technology startups and venture capital. Essentially, what we cover is, um, you know, the money, the business side of high growth technology companies. Um, and of course, we do, have, of course, cover the technologies themselves, but really we cover them as businesses rather than as, uh, you know, you know, we don't get overly obsessed with the, you know, the, the, the technologies as such, uh, but more like the, the business. There's a famous phrase in uh, the Watergate investigations by Washington Post 
uh, when uh, the the Deep Throat, the famous source, uh, followed by uh, Edward uh, Woodward and Bernstein, uh, said to them, "Follow the money," and that's kind of what we do at TechCrunch. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think that's great. Um, I think uh, I think we wanted to talk to you actually a bit more about. Um, well, we were reading a recent article that you wrote about um, ethics grade and covering kind of their journey through ESG and kind of racing social media companies and tech companies have you in your experience found that there's um kind of a more need for ethics in any of the vcs your startups you've been covering or is this kind of a new trend that you saw with ethics grade well uh, zooming out a bit historically speaking venture capitalists have not been hugely overly concerned with the idea of ethics behind algorithms the idea is that uh, startups employ uh, AI um, you know for want of a better phrase or machine learning probably a bit more accurately uh, to uh, grow a tech company much much faster than you know you would if you were manually tweaking algorithms Um, and, and and that's all very germane to the whole idea of uh, a technology company reaching the hallowed quote 10x unquote valuation uh, from the money that was put in. So the idea is that AI is really just part of the puzzle in creating this very, very high growth company that can go from in the famous phrase zero to one or rather zero to, you know, trillions of percent bigger. Um, and, and it needs AI to do that. Um, it, because, you know, human beings don't scale, but AI can. Yeah. So, um, and that, that's where it all comes in. Now, in terms of the ethics side of it, um, you know, the famous phrase in, in tech is growth. You know, <laughs> don't stop the growth, whatever you do. And, uh, and of course, it does lead companies to make choices which perhaps are often devoid of moral um, uh, 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 angles shall we say uh they the growth is is all important uh so uh you know that's uh, that's where it all all comes from that's what it all goes to really mm-hmm. and to what extent do you think that this idea that growth is the only important thing do you think that uh, maybe the the problem of the, the lack of morals is going to hinder the growth at some point like uh, you know they talk about ethical debt um, and whether companies are going to have to go back and, and fix that, is that going to affect their, their valuation in, in any way, do you think? Well, I mean, it's all very nice to ask, to, to think that we would live in that world. But the, the reality is, is that, um, is that, you know, up until recently, nobody frankly cared, I don't think, about uh, ethics. Um, it was all about, as I said before, about growth. Um, now, what you've seen with the rise of um, ESG, environmental social governance, um, uh, you know, as a movement and also as a, a particularly as a movement in the asset management space is the idea that you need to pay attention to these things like, you know, how much CO2 you might be pumping out, etc. what impact you might be having on the environment, what impact you might be having on uh, society, if you're extending, you know, disparities and uh, between between uh, classes, etc. Um, 
uh, and as a, a treating it as a risk. Uh, so uh, as, a, as a something to be taken into consideration when you're valuing, valuing a company. Um, and these are the, this is the kind of language that these people speak. They don't speak about, you know, whether or not it's a nice thing or not to, you know, tweak the algorithm in favor of uh, diversity or to make sure we're not pumping out as much CO2. What they're interested in is risk. So, um, and, and when you start saying that word, suddenly their ears prick up and they start to realize that perhaps there's might be more to this and because you know that's what they don't want they want mm -hmm. to they want to reduce all that kind of a risk so for instance to take example a story i recently ran on TechCrunch about a an agency in bristol um i'll try and bring the name up um in, at some point um <laughs> and um and they've come up with a, an idea to uh to to look at ai in terms of risk um for asset management, uh, asset management managers, and almost like give them a sort sort of a fridge rating or a an, an ESG rating uh, for the how their uh, algorithms operate, um, and and I think that this is going to this is the, the, the approaching it things in this manner is much more likely to concentrate the minds of um, certainly the big tech platforms who are subject to. Uh, the, the whims of asset manager asset managers and it may also start to trick in a, in a trickle down sort of sense start to concentrate the minds of investors in AI driven technology startups but as, as as I want to sort of say and want to sort of really be very realistic about this um, employing AI at a very early stage tech startup level is unless this comp unless company in question is, you know, is particularly concerned about things like, you know, environmental, social governance, or climate, or diversity, or, or whatever, um, it doesn't really enter into the conversation, because at, at this very, very early stage, these tech startups think only about growth. And uh, that's, and that's the be all and end all. Yeah, yeah, it's, I mean, it's very true. I think that's definitely been, um, like, my experience of um, how ethics can sometimes be viewed more as like a hindrance to growth than um, something that actually can work within a startup or within a in a company or it doesn't something that maybe VC investors would look to invest in maybe an ethics startup or something like that. I think that's um, interesting that you'd say that maybe ESG is more um, like you're saying the risk side is probably more where people actually want to pay attention well, or yeah. see it as an issue. Yeah, well, I mean, to, to be slightly more upbeat, going forward, mm -hmm. uh, we now see the rise of uh, impact funds. Um, so these these are all purpose-driven venture capital funds. Yeah, and these are funds uh, who um, they're either explicitly signing up to the United Nations uh, SDGs, uh, the Global Goals, the Seventeen Goals about uh, you know access to you know, uh, clean air and things like that, or they're, or they're, or they're more, or they're, they're either explicitly signing up to these things, or they are, you know, using them as a sort of a guide, guide rails uh, for, to inform their uh, investing, or they're, or they're, you know, full-blown set up as, quote, impact, unquote, investors. And, and, you know, you know, the startups can, 
you know actually find these kinds of funds now and they will actually go after companies that are really are putting thought into the ethics side of their businesses from top down you know all the way from the code base all the way up to you know does everybody cycle into work kind of thing so well you know those kinds of, but, but, but you get my drift so um so that and of course there are um you know high level reports available uh, to people in the city and and to and to vcs and to and investors in VCs, otherwise known as LPs, limited partners, um, there are reports available to these people saying that the the growth of the future is going to come from a, taking a much more ethic ethically based approach or impact led approach to high growth technology companies, um, and that's where and, that, and in fact that's where much of the growth is going to come from, and there's going to be less and less growth in non impact oriented businesses because as i sort of hinted at earlier the the greater hinterland of uh, of investors and in the big asset management funds are gradually in a sort of very sort of slow moving manner starting to factor a lot of these things in uh, like uh, you know is the algorithm suddenly um is the algorithm in your company you know favoring white people or your you know or you know mm -hmm. something extreme as that um is the algorithm you know um you know not taking into account uh, co2 production uh, i mean i'm just talking the very basic terms here but these are the kinds of things going on in the background um and it's it has started it started a few years ago in a very sort of small way and it's becoming much much bigger uh, as we move on and of course the lots of issues about uh you know how society operates the uh disparities between rich and poor etc uh, between races genders and uh of course the climate crisis become much much bigger mainstream topics of interest and what do you think is there i mean it sounds i think from what you're saying like i think you see it as going to be sort of stove progress I think in, in that direction where the, the growth and the sort of the ethical side um, is more important. Do you think there's a way to um, speed that up? Do you think it's it, it, like all that important to actually speed it up? Um, that's a good question. Um, can we speed it up? I mean we you know these high growth technology companies largely let's face it unless you're living in somewhere like china or russia live in a pretty market-oriented economies um capitalist economies um and um and, and they do what they do um you know the the way that um i mean there is gr gradually more pressure from things like for instance eu legislation which you know the eu is a a big legislative behemoth, um, which makes many pronouncements about, you know, what it would like to see happen in markets. Um, but of course, unless EU members institute those in in laws, um, they tend to remain, you know, nice to haves. Um, but um, those EU laws, or, or which are lar often largely suggestions by the EU uh, for its member states. Um, when you know when everyone sort of starts to sing from the same song sheet, 
Um, it, uh, it's largely not necessarily entirely because of the EU, or I'm sure everyone would like to think that, but also <laughs> because, but also because um, of the way the market is kind of hinting. And if you look at uh, like pronouncements like the big asset management management fund Black uh, Black Rock, I believe, um, at the beginning of last year, uh, said that the environment was you know job one and extremely top of mind for asset management managers. Um, that that sort those sorts of statements have filtered into the way f- uh, venture capital funds operate, um, or at least even if their existing funds tweak tweak the way they operate if, if they're not like you know set up from day one as impact oriented or purpose driven or whatever you want to call it um and um and there is a sort of a parallel universe which kind of runs alongside you know eu legislation or supranational national legislation and then national legislation and also the way that markets operate so um you know, you get. I've been to Davos many times over the last ten or so years, and people do mm-hmm. like to talk these talk about these things about you know the fourth industrial revolution and will AI <laughs> will AI you know leave us all jobless, etc. Yeah. Um, and it's um, and uh, you know, it, it, it gradually, you know, when you're sort of sipping your warm Chardonnay uh, in Davos. Surrounded <laughs> by lots of white men, unfortunately, uh, in suit. and they were all sort of nodding their heads sagely, talking about how yes, yes, yes we really must talk, think about the environment as they fly in and flying on their private jet. Um, <laughs> there is there is societal pressure on these people. Actually, they all have children, by the way. A lot of the the new VC funds that have appeared in the last few years, which are impact oriented, are are backed by family offices and those family offices have um millennial age people um in their 30s and or ish are who are telling their you know wealthy parents god damn it do a fund that doesn't screw up the planet yeah and um and so uh that's um you know that's all factoring as well So, so sort of both the kind of legislation side both the asset management staff both the societal pressure it is you know it does gradually push us in the right direction with you know fingers crossed mm. and of course you know and the ultimate ultimately you know the bean counters at the end of the line who want to see whether or not you did you do your 10x whether or not whether you save the planet or not are starting to see the fact that um uh, taking this approach will will um you know create more successful companies mm. was that yeah so- no Oh, sorry, yeah. I, I know. Know. I was just, I was, I was just going to ask um, about uh, with all, all, all that in mind. Did you, have you seen a massive um, shift in the way people are thinking since the pandemic within these, um, you know, asset management firms and the VC startups? And have you seen kind of a positive change, or yeah, what have you kind of seen off the back of the pandemic with that? Oh, sorry, can you run that by me again? Yeah, no, sure. I was just saying. So, what, what do you have you seen a, a change in people's mindset within this environment since the pandemic and how they view um, kind of the future of things in a more maybe ethical way or like you were talking about the environment? Do you think that's has there been an accelerated push because of the pandemic or have people kind of relatively stayed the same? I think. Well, it's let's be brutally honest. I mean, you know, 
we had everyone had to re- work suddenly work remotely. I mean, the entire from my perspective, the entire technology industry has gone remote. I don't I haven't mm-hmm. had a formal business meeting in person with anyone for over a year, which is really quite something given that I used to um burn CO2 uh, quite a lot on planes, going to conferences, meeting hundreds of people, uh, both in the UK and abroad, um, every week. And um, and that's all disappeared yeah. overnight. And so, yeah, by necessity, um, everyone had to do that. And of course, that also had an, an environmental impact. Um, but um, I think, you know, they say, don't they, that if you do something for was it 21 days or 66 days? I know they're not. Keep changing. <laughs> yeah. Sure which one it is that we're supposed to be doing to, to get a habit. We're, yeah. We've definitely been doing this for more than 66 days. Yeah. So, <laughs> so this habit, you know, the, the habits that we have happened to us in this industry are now very much baked in. Um, and they may not be baked in, in you know, fully as, as in, you know, in the way that, Many Western go- governments locked everyone down for months on end, uh, but you can see it already that um, tech startups um, across Europe, for instance, which is generally my domain, um, yeah, they up sticks, got out of the city, um, everybody went remote, hit the Slack um, platform, and um, and they carried on, and uh, and the and odd, oddly, some of them even became more efficient as a result. And uh, you know, and didn't have to every you know fly an entire team to uh, a Web Summit in Lisbon with sixty thousand other people and hundreds of thousands of flights and CO two pumping into the atmosphere. They they could still fundraise without having to get a booth at a big trade show or, or whatever. They could fundraise over Zoom, and all of a sudden they could not do not just um, do you know fly for one meeting to. San Francisco and, and then find they didn't get the funding they they could do 10 meetings you know or more uh, in a uh, you know in a few days and um and get an investment ground with net without with the only co2 burnt being the servers pumping their their hd zoom video into the atmosphere so <laughs> um so uh you know that has been a, an absolutely radical change if you think about it it's very much like the Second World War. We've gone from a, you know, a propeller-driven Spitfire to a, um, you know, a jet-engined meteor, um, yeah. and in, in the space of a year, and uh, it's it's absolutely astounding. Now, are people going to come back? Um, uh, well, well, it remains to be seen. But certainly, you know, if they are going to come back, they won't need a bit, as big an office because lots of people are going to be um, still working remote. So it's. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's been a transformative period. Mm. Yeah, definitely. I, I've really noticed it. So like I said, I'm, I'm an academic. So um, this year we had all these, you know, remote conferences and you're just sitting in your house and they made this like sort of video game setting for like the poster presentations and stuff. Um, but I've certainly missed uh, traveling to the conferences and meeting people in, in person. But um so I I get the feeling that I don't know you sound a little skeptical sometimes uh, in terms of the ethics, um, but uh, you know you've talked about there being societal pressure for companies to do better in terms of ethics, uh, and I'm I'm wondering actually to what extent do you think that's actually true? I mean, um, 
you know, I think Amazon is a company that is well known to have very questionable ethical principles. Um, you know, we've heard about Amazon employees dropping dead and things like that. And yet people are still, you know, they're still, are they the biggest company right now? Um, you know, people are still very willing to support them. So do you think that the societal pressure is more of the idea of societal pressure of, you know, a few vocal people on, on Twitter and the news, or uh, do you think there's actually a significant impact that there can be for companies um, actually in terms of, of numbers? Because um, I, yeah, I think about Amazon or, or Facebook and they still have millions, billions of, of customers you know, or users. Well, I mean, it depends on what you're talking about, right? So, you know, lots of people, you don't really think particularly hard about AI ethics in terms of whether or not it's suggesting to you a different washing powder on your shopping mm -hmm. trolley with, in your Tesco shopping, shopping basket as you order your weekly shop to be delivered by, well, at the moment, a human being, but probably eventually a robot. Um, you don't think hugely about uh, the, in fact, this does exist, uh, an, a startup which claims it's using AI to um, mix dog food for, for, uh, for a particularly discerning <laughs> pet owners. Wow. Um, you, don't, you know, you don't think whether or not, you know, that there's a higher mix of pork in there or not. Um, now, where, the, where AI has smacked people slap in the face, um, in the UK mainly, is um, when the algorithm w went wrong for selecting um, how uh, school children were going to be um, mm. graded. And, uh, you know, we had a Minister of Education famously stand up um, in, in the UK Parliament and, you know, blaming the algorithm. Uh, <laughs> and... Um, and, and it's a bit, it's almost, there's a famous phrase in UK politics, uh, uh, when when the, the railways don't work, you blame the leaves on the line. Yeah, <laughs> um, uh, I love that. The, the leaves, you know, the leaves make the line too slippery and all of a sudden the trains can't run. Even meanwhile, of course, nobody ever mentions the fact that the trains carry on running in, you know, freezing cold Switzerland or somewhere. Mm. But the... You know, so now, you know, we're blaming the algorithm. And I think, um, you know, now, as that, as, since that happened, people are starting to go, well, hold on a minute, what other aspects of algorithmic um, decision making is, is going on that's going to affect our lives? Um, and it's a much subtler and more insidious thing that, you know, the YouTube algorithm will, you know, you'll start watching a, you know, a perfectly innocent, you know, program about i don't know um world war one airplanes and then sort of you know 10 videos later you're you're watching some sort of weird radicalization <laughs> about uh you know uh you know i, I don't know, you know yeah, yeah, yeah. Strange, strange, strange conspiracy theory yeah, uh, yeah. and um uh, and, uh, and and this is the problem is that, you know, and it goes back to what I what I mentioned at the beginning was about how um, AI um, has been used by tech companies to promote growth. Um, mm. and, and, the, and, and, it, and it gives it is really Silicon Valley effectively invented a hypodermic needle uh, called yeah. uh, called social media and, and and just wants wants you to carry on jabbing it into your arm. Um, <laughs> And um, 
uh, <laughs> and, and you know more and more you know faster 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 and and uh, because you know they want those eyeballs they want that engagement and and they want to be able to tell advertising agents that they, agencies they have millions of millions of um millions of eyeballs on, on their on their video or whatever it is they're showing and similarly uh, amazon you know wants you to hover momentarily over that extra thing that you might just add to your shopping basket um just you know that extra cable you need for that gadget or that extra whatever it is and that's exactly the same thing so um you know these are the you know this is the way tech works this is the way it's been built um it's built there to built to increase our consumption habits across you know enormous numbers of vectors whether it be media e-commerce uh you name it um and you know it is very much here to stay um but the question is you know will people hesitate over how they're being nudged in 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 some direction by an algorithm perhaps they will become more aware of of how these things uh operate uh, the the you know the famously when your shopping is delivered and there's bits missing from your shopping list you know do people think that that's an algorithm i don't know i mean i'm not sure <laughs> perhaps they will sometimes i mean it's at the moment it's an annoyance you know um but um when it when it comes down to the things like really crucial things like you know the education of your children and their you know actual you know card carrying life choices um that's a whole other ball game isn't it yeah yeah i think i tend to think that in you know a lot of the things that we might think are insignificant might actually end up being something big right like i don't think a lot of people thought about social media being as problematic as it has turned out to be um when it was sort of starting up um yeah. but i think yeah that's that's an, an interesting point um, yeah, because I think, yeah, we spoke about this before. We're not like um, in general, like you were saying about the um, algorithm uh, that happened in the summer predicting um, people's A-levels. I think it wasn't it wasn't till then that a lot of people didn't really realise that this was kind of already, you know, embedded in our like everyday life. And I think since the pandemic now, uh, now all these tech companies have just got larger. And like you're saying, we're relying on Zoom where everyone's remote and quite frankly, people, I don't, I don't know if people are going to stop using Amazon because it's out of, um, everything's out of a convenience really, isn't it? A lot of, a lot of these tools have given us extra convenience in a time that imagine if the pandemic had happened 15 years ago, what would have companies been able to do? <laughs> so it's kind of this, I guess it's this up balance, but um, I actually think we're coming up on our time now. Um, I don't know if you had any like uh, closing remarks you wanted to make about uh, Mike, about the future of in VC investment, what you see happening, or anything you'd like to share with us before we leave? Well, I, think, I suppose um, the the future of tech startups and VC is that yes, um, you know, the tech startups are really about data, and then getting as much data as possible, applying AI over that data to get that growth, to get that high valuation. Uh, to raise more money, to get bigger, to exit for a billion or more dollars, hundred billion dollars, etc. That's not going away. That's here here to stay. Um, and um, the you know the, the, if there's a sort of a 
um, an upbeat take on that. It's that, um, you know, um, other, other factors such as diversity in society, impact of the climate are being factored in, not just because they're good things, but they, that they are also risk profiles, which, you know, you want to be aware of when you're building these companies. So you don't, that, so that you don't get hit slap in the face, um, you know, later down the line when you've, you know, if you've built the thing, you've, you've set the clock running, built the machine to run and, and um, you know, you, you find that you've actually inbuilt a lot of problems uh, that you might or have to deal with down the track. But, but my sort of my final sort of take on on the whole subject is that really our lives really are entirely influenced by AI algorithms now. They, it's almost like we live through various, um, you know, universes, multiverses that we could uh, take, you know, the AI that, that, that tells, you know, Google's algorithm to, you know, to go down that street as opposed to another street when you put it, put it in your sat nav or your, you know, your Google maps as you're driving or walking or cycling, you know, you took that left turn and then you got hit by the car when you could have taken the right turn, but you choose Mm. Google's suggestion, not your own ideas. Um, You know, when you, you you swipe on your dating apps, you know, did you, did you, you, (laughs) what's, what's, what's your future life partner turns out to be suggested entirely by an AI. (laughs) these things are these these things are full of our lives now and there's no getting away from it and and i think the only way to deal with it really is to is to uh just become more and more aware of them frankly no you're right i think that's a a great takeaway message is what i always tell people i think also because a lot of people think about yeah the terminator and sort of that sort of thing but not these more insidious ways that ai is shaping our lives so um thank you so much mike that was really interesting it was great to have you yeah thank you so much my pleasure thank you very much well thank you for tuning in guys we hope you enjoyed today's episode and as always you can follow us on social media we're at let's chat ethics on twitter and we're let's.chat.ethics on instagram and we are let's chat ethics on youtube and also we have the website which is www.letschatethics.co.uk and we'll see you next week see you next week bye